Aaron. It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast, episode number 25. Tonight is the week 11 preview. You know, some of these songs I don't. I haven't actually listened to you in headphones, so you can hear like more details that you weren't familiar with in the mix. Oh, old Metallica in the headphones is good stuff. Yeah, I'll have to try that another yeah. time. Or maybe we can devote this podcast to simply me listening to this song for about 60 minutes. We should just comment on the things that we're listening to and then talk about how large running backs are. And not mention Le'Veon Bell at all throughout any of this, right? All right, well, it is the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. I am Jason, joined as always by Dave. Uh, Dave, uh, good to see you again. Cheers, buddy. What are you drinking over there? Uh, yeah, a little something, something ale. One of my favorites. I drink a lot of Lagunitas here in Chicago because it is reasonably priced. We have a brewery downtown. Across reasonably from, delicious as well. Across from the Correctional Center. Of yes. course, the best place to have a brewery if you're trying to save some pennies. Um, Good point. <laughs> and uh, it looks like you have a Toppling Goliath uh, from the brewery the based out Nugget. of Iowa. Yeah, yeah. one uh, apparently left over from last week. I appreciate your restraint in uh, not drinking them all. Is that what it is? <laughs> it's more like I just uh, I, I have a couple beers when I'm hanging out with you, and then after that I can't do it again until next week. It's... Right. You never touch the stuff. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, last I week. I don't think he believes me. It's... Last week we did have a theme uh, to our music. We did not have anybody respond to, uh, well, nobody got it right anyways, uh, as to what the theme was. Uh, it was 10, all songs from the Pearl Jam album 10, and it was week 10. This week we're going to have another theme with the music. Uh, if you're listening and you think you guessed the theme, let me know. But by the end of the show, I promise that you will have figured out the theme. So you want to move forward with the themed music. That's not a bad gig. We'll see how long if we can... If I can come up with one every week. Anyways. We'll see how long we can have this go and see who uh, is able to guess it. And if they do, what that prize might be. Oh, they'll get a, they'll get a drink five prize pack. Yeah, it's some kind of, Now it's a prize pack. Now there's more than one prize. See, you're putting a lot of logistical things. In. It's just in a pack. That's all. So I have to go out and buy a pack. Look, I mean, we'll figure it out together. Dude. Will they get like a fanny, I'm not going to leave you hanging on this. Like a fanny pack with a bunch of like Werther's candy in there or something weird? That is a terrible prize pack. Are we, is there like an 80-year-old who's going to guess this? I mean, you did say awesome prize pack, so it's got to be... No, I said a drink five prize pack. Right, so we didn't say if it was going to be good or bad specifically. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Look, people getting free swag are just super pumped about getting free swag. You don't have to worry about how great the swag is. All right. We're not at a trade show trying to attract people here. Well, then the Hannah Montana tracksuit will work just fine. Don't spoil it, Dave. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll back it up a little bit. Here. All right, so um, let's talk about some of what happened last week in Week 10. We want to see you know, what stands out. Uh, if you're listening to us live, tell us what stood out to you in Week 10. Um, the first thing that stood out to me, though, was that Mitch Trubisky, uh, who was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, uh, led the league in fantasy points last week. That was the second time this season that he's done that. He is the only quarterback to lead the league twice this year in fantasy points. I, you know, don't think that that's a very significant number, to be honest with you, but I think it's interesting that Mitch Trubisky is, uh, you know, playing better some weeks than Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees and everybody who's really good at quarterback. 
I, I we, we've had some discussions about Trubisky, and I'm sure that will continue. It's it's so funny because a couple weeks ago, even though he was putting up that many points, he was just not owned in very many fantasy leagues. And I guess it takes a little while for for someone you know who's gambling, trying to win money, to uh, put a lot of stock in a quarterback that could be putting up fluke performances. Um, however, he's been doing it so often now, uh, and there are a couple weeks where he only had like. Um, seven points or 14 points twice, I think, at the beginning of the year. But mostly, he's scoring 25, 30, 35 points. And that's someone you want on your team. So now, he's more like, uh, I believe he's like 80% uh, owned or something like that. I don't know the exact number. But like I said, a couple weeks ago, he was more like 40%, 50% owned. Still kind of someone that everyone was shying away from. And my input here, my quick input just like we discussed earlier, is really that I don't think he's played a good defense outside of the Cardinals. Um, and, he's played Seattle and Arizona. But those were at the beginning of the year when both teams were not very good. Um, and they they both improved. I mean, Arizona did pretty well against him. He had his second worst game of the year against them. Right, right, right. So, oh. so that I mean, that, that says something, right? I still think that that Trubisky is someone you should pick up and play because obviously the offense is playing well. But when he plays up against Minnesota, for example, I just don't see him putting up more than 20 points. I, I see him putting up uh, um, points that are more um, consistent with his status as a quarterback, a young quarterback in the NFL. So I, I think he'll come down to earth a little bit. But they still have other matchups still uh, this year versus the Giants um, versus who's the other team that they play that we just were talking about? Uh, they'll play the 49ers and the Giants this year. Uh, they get to play the Lions again. They've got Minnesota twice. Yeah, and so then, the, the uh, Lions the Rams and, the, and the Giants, he, he should still put up kind of gaudy numbers. And against the Rams, the Rams aren't stopping anybody, so they'll put up numbers against the Rams. So let me give you a little comparison that I had heard on the radio today. Um, here is a quarterback who has almost identical numbers to Trubisky this year, who was the MVP candidate last year. All right, so out of 190 completions, um, they both are around uh, 2,300 to 2,400 yards, uh, 22 total touchdowns compared to 25 for last year's guy. Last year's guy, Carson Wentz, has basically the same numbers through 10 games that Mitchell Trubisky has now uh, through nine. So... um, I didn't realize that Trubisky was putting up maybe not quite as consistent, but really, I mean, he had, um, you know, he's got four games over 300 yards this year. As far as fantasy goes, I don't see why you would want to uh, not at least own him in leagues. Yeah, I think he's an every week starter. He's proved himself to be that regardless of what you think of him as a quarterback in reality. And clearly the offense is doing well there. So you want the guy chucking the ball around. I see no reason either. Um, looking at uh, an interesting uh, page that I like, which is consistency tools from a website called uh, FF Today, fantasyfootballtoday.com. Uh, at consistency rankings for quarterbacks, he is uh, number 11. So there is a little bit of variability there. But you've got the guys at the top are Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, um, Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck. So... So really, Mitchell is above some of those other guys that might be every week starters, like Tom Brady, um, Aaron Rodgers, as far as consistency of putting up those 
points per game that you really need yeah. on a consistent basis. So I think he passes the test now, right, that he should be started each week. I'm simply putting out a warning that if he's going to have another bad game, it's going to be against Minnesota this next week. Yes, Minnesota does have a pretty good pass defense. Um, the Bears will be at home at least, so they will have um, the you know the home field advantage. I think that's a that's you know it's not it's not zero. It's let, a non-zero let, advantage. Let me ask you a question: Do you how many leagues do you play in? How many fantasy football leagues? Seven. Do you do you own Mitch Trubisky in any of those leagues? Uh, no, I do not. Have you thought about picking him up and dumping one of your quarterbacks that you have in any of those leagues? Yeah, I actually like have a move set up i'm just like debating <laughs> on clicking the the pull the trigger what button. what's the move i would drop well see i've got russell wilson and i've got philip rivers i would drop one of them for trubisky and probably start trubisky this week just to have trubisky not just to have him because i think that he's going to help my team win no but like you said earlier that he should be owned etc if he's not owned you feel like if you're in a, a league where you're rostering two quarterbacks you should probably have a trubisky if you don't have like mahomes and breeze or exactly something. exactly so i don't own him anywhere either i've also thought about doing that same thing um although i'm i gotta tell you and we'll talk about russell wilson in a little bit i would not drop him you know, Philip Rivers, his high water game is 29.96 against Kansas City. Other than that, his best game is only 22 points, not even 23. So he's got a high floor, low ceiling. Um, that's not going to win you the championship, in my opinion. So maybe I need to go with the high floor, or the high ceiling guy. Well, Philip Rivers is the number 20 overall quarterback and consistency rankings so i would not have a river starting on a regular basis because you can't guarantee that he's going to give you the points you need yeah so i you know that that's hey you know i uh, i i don't mean like i don't know what i'm talking about when i come into this but that did make up my mind <laughs> all right great <laughs> but but i do think that uh for those of you that might have trubisky still available in your league that you have to come to a similar conclusion unless you are an owner of an aaron Rodgers or a drew Brees or an andrew luck um well, uh, Trubisky is clearly a guy who is putting up points. And I think overall, we talked about this earlier, in Yahoo standard scoring, he's something like number six or something like that out of all quarterbacks. On the whole season? Yeah. Um, I can get you that in just a second, but I believe it may be a little lower than that. Um, but for a good stretch, he was... Uh, six, seven, eight? Seven. Maybe? He's seven. Okay. So, so yeah, he's a guy you need to pick up. Uh, if you don't, then someone else will. And we're already a little late on that. But I think for me anyway... He said that although two of those guys above him have played 10 games instead of 9. Now, one of them is Mahomes, and he wouldn't catch him. But he would definitely catch Goff. So he's probably 6. With an, with an extra game. So I'm right is what I'm getting at here. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and the adjusted... I will grant you. The adjusted graduated uh, rankings. Good, good. Well, we, uh, we talk about <clears throat> these rankings all the time, and there's so many different rankings that you can get. Uh, I do throw out mine out there under David Biggs, um, the Drink 5 flag. And just for example, uh, against Minnesota, I have Trubisky ranked number 12 this week. That may change, but just to give you an idea of where he usually is, he's usually for me uh, lately somewhere around like uh, 6, 7, 8 in the rankings, but he moved down because of Minnesota. So this week, for example, I would rather play Russell Wilson versus Green Bay or Ben Roethlisberger versus Jacksonville whose defense is not that good anymore. Um, Andrew Luck versus Tennessee, Aaron Rodgers versus Seattle, Carson Wentz versus New Orleans, Cam Newton versus Detroit, Goff, Kansas City, 
Drew Brees versus Philadelphia. Tennessee is a worse matchup uh, than Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota yes. against quarterbacks. It is, but Andrew Luck is one of the most consistent quarterbacks this year. So, uh, Andrew Luck is the next guy to speak of on our list. Andrew Luck is uh, one beneath Mitch Trubisky in terms of total fantasy points. Um, they're having very similar statistical years, I suppose, uh, as far as getting point totals. But Luck is on fire in the last six games. He's got 21 touchdowns over that time period. Um, you remember early in the year, Dave, we were kind of making fun of Andrew Luck because um, Jacoby Brissett had to come out and throw the deep Hail Mary at the end of one of the games. Sure. And everyone was like, oh, Andrew Luck's still not healthy. What are they doing here? Um, right after that, Andrew Luck had... Uh, Two games in five days where he threw the ball 121 times. Yes, he's clearly and fine. was just like an <laughs> F you to all of us uh, who doubted his arm strength. So that means, doesn't that mean that from a fantasy football perspective and someone who goes out there and tweets, etc., that uh, logically, based on that argument, if someone's not doing very well or we're worried about them, we should all just tweet them negative things and they'll come back and they'll, they'll do well. Ideally, yeah. <laughs> so trolls, you know, rev up your engines out there. Let's let's find someone to let's pick. encourage them, Dave. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's get it all set up. <laughs> They're gonna start throwing footballs through your windows. No, but yes, he's he's been good and he's been consistent. And uh, I have him in a couple leagues. He's been great to start. Yeah. Um. So Andrew Luck is a guy who I've been looking at acquiring even uh, in, in trades, and he's definitely not going to be an available guy. So we talked about Trubisky being available out of the top fourteen quarterbacks. They're all owned in 93% of leagues or more other than Trubisky. Yeah, he's, he's still 80 or something like that. He's 77 in Yahoo yeah, right now. Exactly my point. So people are, are taking a long time to catch up to the fact that he's scoring points, and it's because they don't believe it. But this always happens, right, for, especially with quarterbacks, because people that have those top 10 quarterbacks they drafted at the beginning of the season are very reluctant to let go of them, especially in a one-quarterback league. And a lot of players that you have held on to since the beginning of the season, we tell you this every year, this is the time to get rid of them. Start picking up people to set up your playoff run. I mean, a couple weeks ago was really the time. But, yeah, if you haven't done it yet, you need to get rid of some of these guys. So we'll go over later in the show uh, some of the guys that you want to target that you can pull off of the waiver wire still after waivers have gone through. I believe that a lot of these guys are going to be available in your leagues. Um, But back to Week 10 stuff. So the Bucks managed something that I've never seen before. Three offensive points on 501 offensive yards. That is just absolutely insane that they couldn't score more points. Now, they missed two field goals, um, and they had four turnovers, three of them at the end of long drives. So obviously you just have a bunch of Fitz Tragic going on there. Um, and what I want to know from you, Dave, is um, where is the fantasy value on the Bucks? I mean, Jaquiz Rogers had 100 receiving yards. It's, it's almost like there's zero consistency on that team. Um, and will they go back to Jameis Winston? Uh, I, I don't think, first of all, they can just keep uh, whiffling, waffling in between uh, the Winston and Fitzpatrick because that's not going to help anything. Okay. Uh, I feel like they have to continue on their current jaunt here with Fitzpatrick and tighten up the offensive play calling. That has something to do with it. Both of the quarterbacks are serviceable, have been, have both had streaks. They've both been pretty good in uh, in fantasy games that are individual before. So I think they continue with Fitzpatrick, at least in the short term. Um, but there's no one else to turn to there. And, I mean, I think they're thinking about getting a new quarterback next year in the draft. Uh, so it's, Yeah, that's probably where they have to go. So I, I, I doubt it. I don't think they switch. As far as value, I mean, obviously, uh, Mike Evans has been putting up a bunch of good games. 
Uh, Deshaun Jackson is is really variable, but again, puts up big games. But the question is occasional. And you're talking about running backs. Um, you've you've got Barber, who has been wildly inconsistent, getting the bulk of the carries, but still has less than 450 yards on the season, uh, which is ridiculous. So wow, on the season, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> wow. So um, so so I think you play your normal guys. But you have to be aware that even though you start a um, a Mike Evans or something, the, based on game script, there there might not be a touchdown or he might score three of them. It's going to be very inconsistent. And I'm okay with starting an inconsistent player on my fantasy team as long as I have other players that do have that consistency. Peyton Barber, nine starts, 437 yards. Yep, exactly. He's barely done better than his full season last year where he like had no carries at all. So, I mean, what I can look at and what I will look at, I guess, is if there's any kind of pattern associated with the defenses that Tampa Bay plays, and if you could pick out uh, a particular scheme or a kind of defense that does better against um, Fitzpatrick, then maybe you could know when to start or sit him. But I do think that we, we probably could agree on this, that him having that many yards and not scoring any touchdowns is we're probably not going to see that again this year. Uh, no, that's true. And we've got a Primus fan in the chat room who asked the same question that we just brought up. Does Fitz hold off Jameis? I don't think it's so much holding off as it is a business decision. Um, I had read that basically if they uh, if they cut Jameis next year, then they basically get all that money back. And the only reason they'd have to pay him is if he gets injured. Yeah, they've decided so if he doesn't play, he can't get injured. They've decided he's not going to be their quarterback of the future. And Fitzpatrick isn't either, but why would they do that when they have a chance of injuring him? I, I think you're right. So I think unless Fitzpatrick gets injured, it's going to be him the rest of the season. So moving down the line, uh, interesting, uh, fun, I suppose, uh, number here is 103 combined points from the Saints and the Steelers. No, they didn't play each other. They do, I believe, later in the year. Uh, that'll be a good game. But they both hung 50-plus points on their opponents. Yeah, the Steelers just beat them out, right, by like one point. <laughs> 52 to 51. I believe 52 is the biggest number that we've had this year now. Yep. Uh, 51 being the second biggest, uh, naturally. Um, so that was really impressive. Um, and they played good teams. The Panthers had six wins going into the game. The Bengals had five wins going into the game. Uh, and now for the Bengals, you know, lucky for the Saints, they don't play the Bengals when Hugh Jackson is the special assistant to the head coach. So Hugh Jackson is now technically Dwight Schrute of the <laughs> NFL. Um, so, um, I suppose we could bring up Le'Veon Bell. Uh, this is the last time that he needs to be mentioned. And the only thing we really need to say is that he can be dropped. He doesn't, I, you just hate it so play much, football man. this year. You hate it so much. I'm just disappointed in a situation that was screwed up and handled poorly and just kept being worse and worse as the year went on. <laughs> And I'm sick of reading like an entry in my news feeds like every day about it. I get I, I get great enjoyment out of these kinds of things, to be honest. I enjoyed that that whole year or two where Johnny Manziel was a starting quarterback or or overdosing or getting in trouble or a starting quarterback. I really enjoyed that. Now, of course, he's on the Alouettes, not even starting, I don't think. So so we saw what happened with him. <laughs> we saw how bad it can be, right? Uh, I wouldn't be that surprised if if Le'Veon Bell um, screws it up somehow even more with him and his agent and, and doesn't end up even playing next year. 
it, that's just going to be a fiasco no matter what happens. But uh, that, that would completely defeat the purpose of not playing this year. I, I think I still don't really understand that purpose to be honest with you. And I, I mean, it's clear there, there's there's two things in this situation that are very clear. Le'Veon Bell and his people did not know apparently going into this what all of the rules were dictating, you know, how the tags work and when he could be a free agent. Yeah. And uh, it's clear that there was a communication breakdown between Le'Veon and the Steelers. Yeah, he didn't talk to them. Right. <laughs> and and when you're holding out, if he had not talked to them completely, then I think it would have avoided the crap at the beginning of the season when all the players thought he was coming back. I agree. I I know that Le'Veon Bell is a good football player. I know that if he gets his head on straight, he'll go to another team uh, and he'll get more guaranteed money. And if that's what he's looking for, that's fine. And we can sure. both agree. You know, we're we're heck, we're both owners in dynasty leagues of Bell. So clearly, we'd like to see him do something good. Yeah, biased, one hundred percent over here. Because you can't sell him high right now. And really, <laughs> you know, Le'Veon needs to look no further than uh, Earl Thomas and Des Bryant to think that well, maybe he made the right decision. Maybe waiting until you get paid to step on the field again is the right thing for him to do. Yeah, that said, I mean, it proves him to be not very smart because of the things he did. the He communicating kind of half-assed to some members of the team, saying things like, I want to prove myself, I'm going to play this year, and then not saying anything. That really just proves to teams that he's going to be on next year that he doesn't always tell the truth. And I that's think not a good thing. I think if he had known that he could hold out the entire year and still move on next year, none of that other crap would have come up. I think he wanted to play this year, but his agent told oh, him not sure. to. sure. I think that he wanted to play every year. I mean, he's a football player. Of course he wants to play. Yeah. You know. So, so let's not drag it on. We agree that it was handled poorly on all sides. It's unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, of course, you can drop him now because he is not a player in the NFL in 2018. Yep. Uh, so the Patriots lost to another former coach. Uh, is this finally, Dave, finally the, uh, the 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 end of the Patriots dynasty? Well, look. The end of the Tom Brady era. They're still going to win games this year. But when you say see Tom Brady failing, uh, he's only scored, what, one touchdown in the last, like, two or three games. That's terrible for him. Uh, his wide receivers out there are not performing at a high level. And you have a guy who is your best receiver um, you know, as far as yardage and touchdowns in Josh Gordon, who wasn't even on the team earlier this year and barely played football at all in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and, and your tight end Gronkowski, who was <clears throat> arguably the most important cog uh, of that machine is, is no longer operating at a healthy professional level either. It basically means that you are no longer in uh, the top echelon of the NFL teams. So they have fallen down to tier two, um, and it doesn't mean that they won't make the playoffs. It doesn't mean that they won't do well in general. But I think that they're uh, you're seeing the end of the of the dynasty. Yes, yeah, like you said, Tom Brady has not thrown a touchdown. Well, one touchdown in the last three games. Um, he's getting sacked a lot more than usual. He's throwing interceptions at a rate that he hasn't done since 2011. And Tom Brady has led the league four different times since 2010 in terms of throwing the in terms of the lowest interception percentage so as so, a Steelers fan clearly it warms the cockles of my heart yeah it you should. Know, like a nice like a nice fire on a winter's evening but uh, I have to look at this objectively I own you know Patriots players I have Gronkowski in a league which is pretty unfortunate for me at the end of the season here uh, because that's not worth its draft pick 
Um, <laughs> and and I just have to look at the at the statistics and the facts surrounding this, which are plainly that the Patriots are not who we thought they were. So they play the Jets in Minnesota and Miami, and they're going to win two of those games easily, if not all three. Um, and we'll see if Gronkowski comes back. He's got the week off. He hasn't played for a while. If Gronkowski can come back and play football, I don't even. I'm not even saying if he's good, but if he can play football, that's going to really help the team out. Well, because he they're going to have to focus attention on him. He can't stay healthy. I, I listen to a number of uh, of clips and uh, and watch a lot of websites and, and uh, Twitter handles of doctors who are fantasy footballers. By the way, I highly recommend this. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a number of Twitter accounts out there that are actual medical professionals, even some that used to work with the NFL teams themselves, that tweet uh, at the moment of injuries, and they're really accurate with them. Actual medical. Is, is that like Captain Andrew Luck, who is an actual army general? That's right. Or army captain? <laughs> well, one of these shows, I'm going to have a little segment where we just talk about uh, people on Twitter to follow, because I have a lot of good ones. But uh, what great. I've heard from these uh, professionals is really that uh, that it's obvious to them that Gronkowski is not moving correctly. Uh, he is more than than lost a step. He he has an injury. He has something that's not right anymore, and that does tend to happen to those players that are abnormally um, large or tall or athletic. You know, sometimes they just overwork their bodies and they're no longer able to be who. Um, who they, they were before. And that's what I yeah. think is happening to Gronkowski. And his career was awesome. And he's still making some really good catches. But the problem is now he makes a good catch, he goes off the field, and he's out for a game. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers game last year, they went to him about six or seven times in a row, and that's what won him the game at the end. You know, he can still be an impact player, you know, if he can somehow get healthy. And who knows what's actually wrong and how long that'll take. But, you know, back to Brady, he doesn't have a single game this year with a passer rating of 110 or above, which is just, you know, that, that is not Tom Brady. Well, he, he's battling, you know, how how long a quarterback can exist in the NFL at an older age and still While be... While only drinking water. And still be an, an accurate pocket passer, um, athletically keep up with the younger people around him. And I think the answer is uh, he's, he's reached that point. So now it's, it's kind of a downhill journey. But as we know about Belichick and the Patriots in general, um, and is what you're trying to kind of ease into this conversation, is, is, that, <laughs> is that I don't think you truly believe that they're actually gone, and that they could at any time again become the Patriots. No, because it, you know, at many times in the last five years, people have pronounced them dead, and they have not even been anywhere near that. They've won two Super Bowls during that time. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is all it takes is you know, a little Brady magic and Rob Gronkowski to not be on the sideline and this team can win games easily. So, uh... But we shouldn't waffle either. I think we both agree that at this point, the signs point to the Patriots no longer being a Tier 1 NFL team. I, I would love to pronounce them that. I... Statistically, they are not. You, I, I, you just They're can't, not. No, you, you're right. You just can't say that. You, you're you like, I've seen this too many times. I'll so. let you speak for both of us. Dave. Well, then, yes. They are no longer a Tier 1 team in the NFL. Those players can get you points, but you shouldn't be starting Tom Brady. You shouldn't be starting Rob Gronkowski. And that is Dave saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to Russell Wilson. Um, in weeks 1 through 9, he had only three rushing attempts, 13 yards per, uh, 13 yards per game, basically. 
Last week, nine carries for 92 yards. He was the fourth-best quarterback overall, uh, behind, of course, Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, he's kind of a guy that you want to look at uh, down the line because he's got a good matchups at the end of the year. Um, and the Seahawks are playing better. Um, so, you know, I, I think what we're looking at is he's a top-five guy each week or, or going to be – considered that yes the point is he was the best quarterback in fantasy last year he started off badly because seattle had a terrible o-line they weren't making good decisions and play calling they've changed that up he looks more like he did last year and uh, uh it hasn't been very long since those pieces have been moved around now with doug baldwin healthy with tyler lockett doing well with the running game that's actually working with those three guys that are coming in and out they've been running the hell out of the ball yeah, so here we are. And and now Russell Wilson is a guy that you were just talking about dropping that is available on some waiver wires, but I think he's a guy who's going to win leagues at the end of the year. Well, Wilson is Wilson was definitely the guy who I was going to keep over Rivers, and I did. I did make that move, by the way. Hey, you're the one that said you weren't sure. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the two quarterbacks, and I had to consider. I, I'm starting Trubisky over Wilson this week. Well, you have Wilson and Trubisky, and what's great about Wilson and Trubisky is they both put up rushing yards. And so even if Trubisky has a bad game, only throws one touchdown or zero touchdowns, he might still run for 70 yards and a touchdown. And, and the same with Wilson, that saves you. It saves you to have a quarterback that has rushing yards. Yeah, so Minnesota is not in that uh, elite group of people who, uh, group of teams giving up the fewest points to quarterbacks. They're just outside that. But it's because of two games. The game against Josh Allen, where he had 27 points against them. That was ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, And it's mostly because he had two rushing touchdowns. I know, but talk about an outlying performance. And then Jared Goff, who put up 465 and five touchdowns on that Thursday night game. Yep. Other than that, you know, um, they held Drew Brees to just 7.8 points. Obviously, they lost that game because it was they just ran all over them. But 120 yards and one touchdown from Drew Brees is pretty good defensive performance. No, I told that's why I was saying earlier, I think that if Trubisky is going to have a bad game, all these people are picking him up, and they're going to play him, and they're expecting 30 points, and they're going to get nine. Oh, I'm not expecting 30, but I would like um, – I mean, who do you think I should start, Russell Wilson or Mitch Trubisky? Russell Wilson. Okay. 100%. Even though the Green Bay passing defense has technically been better. Russell Wilson will rush. He will get you a higher floor um, than Mitch all. Trubisky probably has been rushing more than Russell Wilson this year. Hey, you asked me a question. I, I, I think we've already talked about this several times, that Trubisky is a good fantasy quarterback. I think people should start him. But I think that if there's going to be one game that you don't start him in for the rest of the year, it's the one that happens on Sunday. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So, I mean, it's... It's up to you, man. It's it's uh it's uh the um it's your choice, right? It's like you go up to uh, a vending machine, uh, and you buy a, a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. If uh, you have buyer's remorse after that, you're the only one to blame. It's, you chose the flaming hot Cheetos. I don't know why, but you did. All right. <laughs> and uh, our next guy is a flaming hot Cheeto in and of himself. Yes, he is. Can you you want to go over him? I guess he is. That's kind of a weird analogy. Uh, you know. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to show me where they where they meet up here. I'll I'll try to think of it. We're talking about Corey Davis. Uh, he finished Week Ten as the WR five overall and put up seven receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown against Gilmore, who um, is one of the best corners in the league so far this year. He was shutting down people left and right. So great performance he against. Was. A, yeah, he was 
really good this year. Right. So great performance against a good corner. Uh, what we're seeing is Marcus Mariota and Tennessee Titans actually coming back to to being what they should be. One of the things that I really kind of irks me about football, which is funny because I also is one of the things that, that I love about it, is that when comparing it to Major League Baseball, for example. Uh, over the course of a 162-game season in baseball, you see teams trend up, trend down, trend up, trend down, um, go on winning streaks of 20, and then become one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, in football, when trends happen, there's not really a lot of time for them to move around very much. Uh, if a team starts doing badly in the middle of the season, basically they're done for. You know, so what's great it's about it's really hard to recover in football. Yeah, what's great about Tennessee is that right now, just like the Seahawks, they're trending up. It's a really good time to trend up, and it's something that we need to look at as fantasy football players. Um, when a team trends up, so do the players. And in this case, uh, Corey Davis, who has seventy-five targets in total this year, which is a great number, uh, one of the highest, uh, I think, uh, number fifteen overall or something for all wide receivers, um, and he's been much better over the past couple of weeks he's had two games where he's gone off and with Tennessee trending up in general I consider him now a weekly must start WR2 Um, clearly better in PPR leagues but I think going forward that everyone is going to pick up Corey Davis because this is not going to be his last good game it's just the beginning I like Corey Davis Um, he finally did score a touchdown uh, in regulation earlier this year, um, you know, last four games, he's got, uh, I lost him here, 27 targets, 16 catches, 191 yards, and one touchdown. Um, coming up, they have, I think, a decent schedule. Uh, Indy, uh, Houston is kind of iffy, but then the Jets and the Jaguars, you know, the Jaguars are really a team that has fallen off the face of the earth, aren't they? Sure. Just in time for them to play the Steelers, I know. Um, but what, what's important about Davis is that is we're catching him on a trend that doesn't really exist yet. It, it's it's because the team is trending up, and what's important, right, is is the quarterback playing well? Is the quarterback playing better? If you look at Mariota's stats over the past three games, he's just trended up uh, in a good direction. So he's Davis is the top target in Tennessee. There's no Delaney Walker. Touchdowns will come. Performance will come. You have to trust and start him. Yeah, he's uh, his yards per catch is up by two and a half yards per uh, catch this year. His yards per game have almost doubled, uh, and he is catching touchdowns, and uh, he's going to be the number one target there. He had 10 targets the last two weeks, yep. each of the last two weeks. So uh, this is one of those things where uh, people wait too long, uh, and, and those players get snatched up or traded, etc. And Corey Davis is owned by a lot of leagues, so if you don't have him, you're probably not going to get him. Also because the trade deadline in standard leagues is already passed, I think, right? Um, a lot of leagues probably, and he is, yeah, wow, he's owned in 88% of lead, leagues now. But what I'm telling you is if you have him on your bench, which clearly a lot of you people do out there, you need to start him and get him off your bench uh, because it's not fluke performances uh, like you might think by looking at his statistics. It's the beginning of um, an upward trend that will continue uh, and hopefully get you to the playoffs. Yeah, because plus as, he's a as, local guy. Yeah. He went to Wheaton, Warrenville South. And that's why we're really pumping him up is because he's from the suburbs of Chicago. (laughs) So just a little hint, you know, you can't always believe the numbers. This is a fun number I just saw. So Davis has 27 catches or targets over the last uh, four games. Targets usually a good indicator that people are doing well. Jermaine Curse has 26 targets, eight catches for 66 yards. Sure. (laughs) Oh, that's rough. 
Yeah, that's not so good of a no. indicator. <laughs> so the, the stats don't always work out in your favor. Yep. Um, last guy on on our list here is David Johnson. So in the seven games with Mike McCoy as offensive coordinator, he was averaging 18 touches per game and 14.9 fantasy points, which would be fine if this is a guy who you drafted as an RB2, um, even borderline RB1 in a standard league. But it's not David Johnson's stats. And I think we knew after the first couple games, this just wasn't going to work out for David Johnson this year. Thankfully, uh, uh, Arizona also figured that out pretty quickly, fired Mike McCoy, and hired Byron Leftwich, who is an alum of the... Promoted. Bruce, right. Not hired, promoted him. Uh, who is an alum of the uh, Bruce Arians school, uh, and a pretty young guy, but he retained enough information to basically reenact uh, Arians' play calling, at least as... as uh, uh, referring specifically to David Johnson. But I think in general that's I mean, been happening. I think we're just getting uh, intelligent play calling rather than we're – not, we're not at Bruce Arians-style offense yet. Well, this I, Bruce Arians-style offense really reminds me of like throwing the ball deep a lot, take, being very aggressive, taking a lot of chances. Well, this is, this is the only person that he studied under, et cetera. What I've seen is that it's similar to that at the very least. And you're getting a lot more passes to the wide receivers. Larry Fitzgerald is suddenly involved again, where he wasn't at all in McCoy's offense. And David Johnson now, for the past two games, with Byron Left, which has the OC, has averaged 24 touches and 25.7 fantasy points, which is David Johnson. So I don't know why McCoy destroyed uh, all the fantasy relevance of one of the best running backs in football, but Left, which <laughs> all he did was put it back to you know how it was before. Right. It's true. He just was like, oh, this is unplugged. Let's plug it in. Right. Yeah. I and mean, that's really all it took. And so I, I do like the Cardinals. I, I'm interested to see if Josh Rosen can can kind of uh, lift himself and his team up a little bit at the end of the year. Obviously, the Cardinals are not going to um, you know, set fire to the playoffs or maybe even make them. But I think the team will trend up as it, as it approaches the last half of the season. And all I care about are the trends, whether they be player trends or team trends, because they all you know carry that uh, – Right on that wave. His touches are trending up, and uh, so his usage, you know, his his production, I should say, also trending up. So obviously, David Johnson is not someone you weren't starting anyway. It's just now that information is out there, uh, and and he is doing. Well, I think some people would have, up until last week, started benching David Johnson. If you're averaging fourteen point nine fantasy points, I don't know who who you have on your team that is. Uh, uh, is he went into the week averaging fourteen point nine. Sorry. I'm saying before last week, you were probably considering benching him. The seven games he played with McCoy, he was averaging 14.9 fantasy points per game. That's got to be PPR. That almost certainly is PPR. Right? Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't have that information here. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's, and what, I'm, what I'm saying is uh, I, I, I didn't see or hear about anyone who was benching David Johnson personally. But, I mean, that could certainly have happened. There's, there weren't people dropping him, etc. But now you're obviously not going to do that. But what I find interesting about this whole discussion is David Johnson's reemergence as a top five, uh, well, there's a lot of good running backs this year, top five, six, something like that, running back for the rest of the season is going to also open up things for Fitzgerald to continue to be really good uh, and for Christian Kirk to be catching a lot of passes. 
And and so that's what I like to see is if David Johnson does better, if the Cardinals do better as an offense, then it also brings up the tide for the wide receivers and the other fantasy components. So uh, I had Fitzgerald on the bench on a, in a league for almost the entire year. Yeah. And now I'm going to start starting him again because Excellent. because clearly he's going to be getting those targets. Excellent. Anyone else who uh, tickled your fancy in Week 10, Dave? Uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, we talk about him if you want. But oh, that was, it was a fun game to watch him in. Clear, uh, clearly he's a starter from here on out. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, like we mentioned before, he's a starter so much that they traded away anybody else who might start above him. <laughs> um, so That and uh, the Browns are terrible. But, yeah. yeah. 20 carries, 176 yards, uh, a touchdown on the ground, and three catches, 33 yards. Touchdown through the air as well. Um, he's doing great over the last couple of games. Has the longest touchdown run in Cleveland Browns history now. 92? 92 yards. It's very impressive. He's averaging 6.2 yards per carry this year. Um, so he does seem to be kind of like a home run hitter as a, as a player. Uh, but still, he's got um, four touchdowns in the last four games. Uh, at least 60, 75 yards from scrimmage in each of those games. So he is definitely uh, the guy ever since they put him in. And Baker Mayfield is playing better. Um, this is a, a kind of player that you're going to want to have on your team uh, for the playoff run as a flex player. If he's a flex player on your team, you're in good shape. I love that the Browns are doing better. And Duke Johnson has been awesome. Uh, the offense is looking good. Is one of those times when they fire the coach and they move around management and it seems to be working better for them. But you're not going to see games every week like that where all the rookies perform at a high level, uh, you know, Mayfield and Chubb. And it's, it's going to be growing pains. But I support them as a franchise, uh, and I love when the Steelers uh, squash the Browns uh, so closely to the ground that they have to fire their coach like the last six years. <laughs> Um, or six coaches. Six coaches. And uh, and and again, I'm I'm happy to to reach out that olive branch because we don't play the Browns anymore, and because they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> now the Browns are getting a little bit better. So enjoy <laughs> your season, Browns. It'll be fun. It'll be those fun. wins against the Browns are be more meaningful, and eventually will be a loss to the Browns. Sure, sure it will. It'll happen, Dave. Sure, don't the, worry. The Browns will be a good football team. Yep. <laughs> sure they will. Sure. So a guy I know you're pretty high on is Aaron Jones. Uh, he is the Packers running back. He has uh, been a player who I think everybody has been screaming uh, to get more carries. And finally, it seems like it's happening. I I'm still not. Just like I'm never sold that the Packers, I'm sorry, that the Patriots are going down. I'm never convinced that the Packers are actually going to commit to a running game. Well, you need to start making some more firm uh, commitments on your on your thoughts here. It's going to be hard to figure out who to start. Then I say <laughs> do not rely on Aaron Jones. Even though he's playing well, do not rely on the fact that his team will give him the ball. Look, uh, week 8, he had 12 rush attempts. Week 9, he had 14. Week 10, he had 15. That is a trend for me. Uh, his statistics uh, saying the yardage going 86 to 75 to 145. His touchdowns 1, 0, and 2. Um, I, I think that's all trending up in a positive uh, manner. You're seeing coach speak in press uh, conferences saying that they're going to continue to give him the ball. They traded away Ty Montgomery, which uh, removes you know one more obstacle for him getting more carries. Right now, it's it's just Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and it's it's pretty much Aaron Jones from here on out. So yeah, that trade was more like you know sending him to a gulag in Siberia. 
you get to go to Baltimore and be the last running back on a team that's going to lose their coach. Have yep. fun, buddy. So, so I, I do believe in Aaron Jones. Uh, the, the problem with Green Bay, of course, is that it's Aaron Rodgers' squad. It's not about the running backs. It's not about the tight end. As we've learned time and time again, those players can be successful, and I think that Jones will, but I don't think that he'll be an all-star standout. I think that we saw his best game, 15-145-2, and two, and that for the rest of the year, he'll probably hover around 12 to 15 rushes for 70 to 100 yards. Um, and those touchdowns will go to Jimmy Graham, some will go to Devontae Adams, you know, some will go to Scantling. But uh, I think he's played his best game. Uh, I do think, however, that he is a great flex play uh, or perhaps even running back two in a good matchup. Yep. And finally, you got Zach Ertz here uh, on the list. Zach Ertz is the what's, best. What's the big deal with Zach Ertz, Dave? He's the best PPR <laughs> tight end of all time. Ever. <laughs> also, a couple days ago, his birthday. Well, happy birthday, Ertz. But yeah, he's he's just so in, incredibly... Uh, that's not even a word. Incredibly, you're just making up words. You're at a loss. He's so for words. he's so incredibly good, uh, and we knew this for quite a while. He, he was such a good pass catching tight end, and it's 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 happening. I remember when Selleck was still there, and and it took uh, a season for Selleck to kind of get off the field and get injured, and, and Ertz came on. I believe Ertz had an injury at some point, and now he's finally back healthy on a team that really needs to. Uh, dump the ball out because they don't have a good running game uh, right now. So it's just going to know how to have a running game right now. It's just going to constantly be Zach Ertz. If you have him in PPR, uh, I hope you're winning your games. I, you know, you probably are. He had 14 uh, receptions last week for 145 yards. Just absolute monster of a game. Um, his total this year looks like the totals from each of the last three years that he has, well. and he's still got. Seven games to go. Um, another interesting stat I had heard. So um, players with at least four games of 13 or more catches. There are two of them. One of them is Zach Ertz. Do you want to guess who the other one it might be? I don't know. Wes Welker. Ah, yes. Only two players in NFL history w- with that. And, uh, you know, Zach is, uh, is a madman when it comes to PPR leagues. And, you know, he's pretty damn good in standard scoring, too. (laughs) You disproved, Dave. No, just listening to these songs on headphones is awesome. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they panned it around, though. Crazy. That's good stuff. Uh, So (laughs) we're going to look at some week 11 uh, sits and starts. Um, So what we'll do, we'll take a look at five of the matchups, one in each of the time slots. So if you have to make a choice, these are the five games I think that you should watch. And these are the fantasy players in those games that uh, you should pay attention to. At least, you know, guys who you may or may not want to start. Um, so if you have any questions about anybody for sits and starts, ask us in the chat room or hit us up on uh, any number of social medias and we will get back to you. Uh, so the first game we're going to talk about is the Vikings at the Bears. We have talked about Trubisky a whole bunch tonight. Uh, Dave says that you should sit Trubisky. I say that I am going to be starting him in a league. <laughs> so we split the difference there. That's best, it. best of luck, sir. Uh, so what I want to know, Dave, what about Jordan Howard? Why do you have Russell Wilson if you're starting Trubisky? Why? 
Why not? You should just get rid of Russell Wilson and, and pick up like a depth piece. Sure, I should. <laughs> do you want to manage my team? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's a good team. Who? I, I mean, I don't think we should talk about all the starters. And clear- no, no. I, I'm just picking out a few. Like, I think that Jordan Howard is on the bubble between starting and not starting most weeks. The Vikings have a good rush defense. Should you start Jordan Howard this week? Um, so, personally, I don't start Howard or Cohen. I can get into details. Or Cohen. Okay, I did not include Cohen because I thought I would... I, I still think of Cohen as an every week starter because of the way he's used in the offense. Well, I called the last game where he only scored like four points. You did. You totally did. And I think uh, it's going to be a similar sort of a thing here, at least for rushing yards. Of course, it's harder to determine what's going to happen with a running back like Cohen if he's used in the in the short passing game, especially in a PPR league. He's more uh, he's more unpredictable. Um, but I think we would both agree: don't play Jordan Howard. Yeah, so Vikings allow the eighth fewest fantasy points per game to running backs, and they haven't allowed 63 or more rushing yards to any player except Todd Gurley. Wow. So then I think the only chance you have at running back there is a gadgety guy like Tariq Cohen. So what's interesting about this is if you look at the receiving yards that the Vikings give up to running backs, it's 54.4 per game. So that seems like a decent amount, but you have to take out some uh, outliers. So there is a 56-yard reception by Kyle Juszczyk, Juszczyk? Juszczyk? How do you pronounce that? Juszczyk? <laughs> by Kyle Juszczyk. And a 55, it's not as fun as Jeff Hireman. A 55-yard catch by Chris Ivory. So if you take out those two, then it really deflates the number of receiving yards per game that go out to them. Uh, so uh, the, the closest comparatives to Cohen are Trenton Cannon, who was 4 for 69, and Theo Riddick, who was 7 for 36. So if you're not in a PPR league, you're, you're not going to get any yardage on the ground versus the Minnesota defense in general, and you're not going to get very much uh, uh, receiving yards to those backs either unless he breaks off with a huge run. So those statistics all say to me that basically the Bears running offense versus the Vikings is not a good play. Sure, but um, I would also put to you that the Bears are the third best offense that the Vikings have played all year. The Vikings have played the Rams and the Saints, and they got lit up by both of those teams. And the Bears are not in that class, but they are the best of the rest. I mean, you're looking at a team that has inflated numbers versus defenses and, and matchups that were that were very positive for them. So uh, we want to move on in this game. Anthony Miller uh, is the wide receiver, the rookie wide receiver for the Bears. He has been playing uh, very well lately. Uh, last four games, he's got seven, seven, six, and six targets. Um, ten catches over the last two weeks. Last week, he had five for 122 and a touchdown. Um, has Anthony Miller supplanted Taylor Gabriel then? Do you see that? Uh, because Taylor Gabriel is gone from fantasy relevance. Right, because he was filling in for Anthony, uh, Allen Robinson. Who was filling in for Allen. Yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, <laughs> yeah, Taylor Gabriel was great when, when uh, those other guys weren't present. But now Allen Robinson is back, and he's really good. Uh, Anthony Miller has also proved himself to be really good, so I, I think you'll you'll see uh, a lot more targets for those one and two wide receivers. Do you like Anthony Miller this week, or are you basically sitting all the Bears? I'm sitting all the Bears except for Allen Robinson. Okay, let's move on to the uh, Vikings. Well, you don't agree with me, so uh, you would start, I'm assuming, then Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, uh, uh, Tariq Cohen, and Trubisky. Yes, I do believe that the Bears are probably going to put up 28 to 35 points. Yeah, totally disagree. That's cool. Maybe we uh, put a little wager on that game. There are only two quarterbacks who have thrown for multiple touchdowns against Minnesota this year. 
Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. There's only one quarterback who's led the league in fantasy points twice, Dave. <laughs> okay. And it's not either of those guys you just mentioned. All right. Anyways, I just think that the Bears can scheme. And this is the first time that the Vikings are going to see the Bears scheme, and the Bears are going to be able to pull one over on them. Jimmy week. Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Matthew Stafford combined for four touchdowns in 2018 against Minnesota. Damn. I just, I just think you're, you're not seeing the wall. But, but you're right. I mean, they, clearly the Bears can put up points. Clearly. I, I just think you've got you to gotta compromise a little bit here because Minnesota is really doing well defensively. Well, look, I, you know, sure, give them credit for the Drew Brees game, but they let the team run all over them. You know, it wasn't like... Not arguing that. Yeah. And so Carson Wentz had a pretty good game against them too. Anyways, I want to talk about some of the offensive players on the Vikings, like Delvin Cook, who uh, exploded finally last week uh, after being, uh, you know, is he hurt, is he not hurt uh, all year long. Um, So Delvin Cook, uh, just last week, 10 carries, 89 yards. He still hasn't really broke the 10 carry mark aside from week one. So uh, what do you see out of him in the future? Is he going to be the main back or are they going to just split with uh, Latavius Murray? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like he's come back and already proved himself. Um, well, he's he, only had one game since he came back. Right, but but the point is that he was not um, carrying the ball every single time, right? Because he was just back from injury, uh, etc. And he, earlier in the season, he came back too early in week four, when clearly they should have rested him for longer. So they made a mistake, they brought him back... Um, here and he had 89 rushing yards on 10 carries four receptions for 20 yards and a 70 yard run was in there yep so i think that they're gonna give him more and more um going up against the bears i'm not familiar with their rushing defense and again i i think the bears defensive stats are a little weird just because of like how good they've been against a couple of teams in particular Okay, I mean, I, I think that the Bears, you know, the, their numbers are what they are. You know, they've played nine games now, and they play real NFL teams. I'm not against the Bears, The Bears man. Are, have given up the third fewest points to opposing fantasy running backs. I'm just saying if they're blowing out teams, they're going to pass the ball. That's, that's, you know. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> so you can't go by that number in a, in a game that should be a closer game than when they played Buffalo, you know, when they played all these other matchups. So but, here we go. By rushing attempts. But you're right. I can't I can't say negative things uh, against the Bears' defense. If people don't run against them well, then they don't run against them well. Teams are running the ball about 20 times per game against the Bears. Uh, the worst teams get it run on them uh, about 25 times per game. And teams like the Saints, who really people are going to throw all over, they're running on it about 16 times a game. I think it, it's it's not possible to not start a guy like Delvin Cook, who was so impressive last year, who clearly showed he was healthy um, and is going to get more carries. If you don't start him, it's going to be one of those things where you, you are playing smarter than you actually were. I, I will go with you on this one. I do believe that Delvin Cook, especially his big playability, is the reason why you're going to start him. He has a 55-yard touchdown against the Bears, and then you just you know crumble back into... Exactly. Uh... That's all he needs. <laughs> and I can totally see that happening. So, uh, their second wide receiver, officially I'd say he's the second guy, is Stephon Diggs. Um, do you start Stephon Diggs uh, with Adam Thielen being you know the guy there? Well, isn't Thielen a little limited still? I mean, expected to play, but like a little injured. 
Um, I haven't seen any real updates to Alien. Nope, IE Alien. Uh, I think I'd figure that one out by now. I actually, unfortunately... It was limited at practice Wednesday. I unfortunately don't have Diggs or Thielen on any teams. Um, So I haven't been paying extra close attention. Uh, I will say that uh, in a a game like this, especially one where the Bears have put up a lot of of high-scoring games, and they are likely to scheme offensively uh, and and do well versus any opponent based on their history this year, that both teams will need to be throwing the ball. Sure. Um, allow me to do, uh, with the Bears' defense, what you just did with the Vikings' defense. The Bears' passing defense, I would argue, is v- excellent. There are two wide receivers that they've given up 20 or more points to. It's Randall Cobb and Albert Wilson. Both of those are clear outliers. They are not guys who put up those kind of numbers against anybody. Uh, So those were fluky games. Aside from that, they haven't even given up 15 points to an opposing wide receiver. Um, So I would argue that even in garbage time, when Kelly Galladay can put up 13.8, are you going to rely on that? I don't think that this game is going to contain garbage time for either team. Um, So I, I think that there is only room for one wide receiver to be fantasy... Um, you know, to be consistent and worth starting in fantasy, I think that's Adam Thielen this week. I would say that you got to sit Dalvin Cook this week. Or, I'm sorry, not Dalvin Cook. Um, Stephon Diggs. I'm I'm fine with that. I I uh, if if Adam Thielen is healthy, uh, practices in full and plays. If he is healthy, then then sure. Uh, Pretend I say that before every time I give a recommendation. <laughs> start the top receiver for the Vikings. That that's fine. Um, although I will once again say, you know. Uh, the the Bears were playing the Cardinals when they weren't throwing the ball. They played Seattle when Doug Baldwin was injured. They played Miami, who has no good receivers. They played Buffalo, who has no good receivers. So, I mean, there is a little bit of that that I still see in this. Yep. And then just give me a yes or no, Kirk Cousins. Uh, no. No. No, indeed. I mean, I, would you be that surprised if a game like this with two good defenses um, – came down to a total scoring of, of like, 30 points? Not at all. Yeah, so, I mean... No, it, I wouldn't be... I mean, the only reason I'd be surprised is because, I, like I said earlier, I expect the Bears' offense to still be able to put up close to 30. Because that's what they've been doing. Right. Which, again, I can't argue against. And that's what good offenses do against Minnesota. I think that the Bears have a new-style good offense. They just don't have the talent around them to match these juggernaut teams. But I... I, you know, I just think that they are trending in the right direction overall over the next couple of years. So we should clearly bet on, on this game in some capacity. But let's move on to the next matchups uh, a little bit quicker. Yes, so we got the Packers at the Seahawks. Do you remember the Fail Mary, Dave? Sure. Yeah, uh, so we're back at the scene, the scene of the crime. Um, so give me one of the guys. You have to start one, gun to your head. One of the guys out of the backfield in Seattle. Chris Carson, who uh, has... Lots of injury concerns, and obviously pay attention tomorrow before the game to see if he plays. Uh, Mike Davis, who's done some nice things, or Rashad Penny, who finally broke out last week. Um, Carson is the starter proclaimed there, and I'm just going to start whoever the starter is uh, proclaimed. That, that makes a lot of sense. And if Chris Carson doesn't go, um, I'm rolling the dice on Rashad Penny, but that's more out of... Uh, a total and complete bias against a guy who hasn't been two dynasty leagues yeah and carson was removed from the injury report today 
Oh, okay, good. So, but but I agree with you. You got that three-headed monster, um, and it's kind of the hot hand situation where sure Carson might start, but if Penny goes out there and does really well, they'll give him more carries. Although there has been concerns about Penny straight out of the uh, horse's mouth, the coach saying uh, we don't think he's NFL ready in a lot of capacities, uh, and that makes sense. I mean, it takes running backs a long time to be good in pass protection, which is really the major concern when they say that. Yes, that's definitely it. So, like, we can't have Russell Wilson being sacked. No, no. So, because of the three-headed monster, would you be, you know, are are you cautious about starting any of them then? I will admit once more that I didn't draft any Seattle running backs this fantasy football season. So, I have no idea. But, I again, I think I would start the starter versus the Packers. So, if I I had to start Carson, uh, I would put him in an RB2 or flex position and, uh, you know, Hope and pray. Okay. Uh, Dave, <laughs> where the hell is Doug Baldwin? I'm told that he is a wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> that he has been very good at times in the past. But I look at his line and I see a guy with 23 catches and 275 yards in seven games. And that is garbage. Well, it looks to me like Tyler Lockett is developing as the new number one there. Uh, and Doug Baldwin is uh, being taken away by teams. He must have maybe lost a step or something. I, I haven't seen a lot of Seattle Seahawks games in their entirety, so I haven't been watching him specifically. I haven't heard a lot of comments about Doug Baldwin. I know that he's healthy playing and probably uh, getting uh, one of the better defensive backs on the other team uh, to cover him. But I, I, I agree with you. I mean, you don't start him. I'm glad he's out there taking uh, a DB away from Tyler Lockett because he's certainly doing well. But Doug Baldwin is is someone that is basically droppable in fantasy leagues. Yep, can't start him. Uh, finally, your good buddy Scantron, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, he is the only borderline player uh, to me on the Packers. I'm saying you're starting Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham. So what about Scantling? Um... So, so I love him, and he's just coming into his own here. He's a tall, fast guy, right? I believe he's like 6'4", but he runs uh, an under 4'440", which is unheard of, awesome, uh, better than prototypical wide receiver. A guy like that for Aaron Rodgers is liquid gold. Um, he's playing off against uh, Shaquille Griffin, who's one of his best friends. So I bet you he comes into this game with an even more renewed vigor. Uh, it's going to be kind of fun actually watching those guys match up a little bit. Interesting. So uh, I think that uh, Scantling is the best receiver um, of the future on the Packers. Obviously, Adams is the number one, hands down. But I have a feeling that over the coming years, and I, I sometimes take a look at these as a dynasty uh, perspective, that Scantling will become Aaron Rodgers' very favorite receiver, even more than Jordy Nelson, even more than Devontae Adams, because he's not only fast and a smart guy, but also bigger than those other guys are. Or around the same size as Nelson? Was Nelson like 6'3"? I don't remember. Jordy Nelson? Uh, yeah. And he didn't retire, by the way. That was fake news. So. That was definitely fake news. 6'3", 217, yeah. and Scantling is 6'4", 203. So he's faster and, and slightly uh, taller than oh, Jordy six. Nelson. Uh, yeah, so... So I, I do start him, and I think that what you're looking at is saying um, he hasn't done a lot yet, and that's true. He's getting the, the volume still. Uh, last five weeks, at least five targets per game. 
And for a deeper guy, that's fine. Last week is a little bit of an anomaly because they played Miami and they were up the whole game and it really wasn't the kind of situation uh, where they're even going to risk throwing it deep. But this week against Seattle, it's going to be a much closer game. Well, he's the number two um, receiver on the on the Packers. I mean, you, you have to start him if you think that Rodgers is going to throw the ball more than 20 times. That would probably be every effing game that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has played in the last 20 years. Well, that's my point. But, but I mean, you could I could still see a situation. In fact, I have one of those situations where I won't be starting him, but that's just because I have, like, Michael Thomas and, uh, and T.Y. Hilton and somebody else, you know. But I think, in, in general, if you're starting three wide receivers or you have an extra flex position, he's going to make your way – uh, make his way into your lineup. Yeah, so I just want to know the last time that Aaron Rodgers threw the ball for less than 20 times. <laughs> uh, aside from games where he was injured, um, two thousand fourteen, he went 12 for 17, threw 156 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> See, when they beat the Vikings 42 to 10. He was just practicing <laughs> his Six Sigma, who's a, a efficiency. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, you know, it, he only had a 138 passer rating because he didn't qualify to get a perfect score. That's a lean Aaron Rodgers right there. Okay. Uh, the next game, by the way, uh, these primetime games uh, might be the first week when they really hit on all three of them. Yeah. Uh, so the Chiefs and the Rams, this game is being played in Los Angeles now, not Mexico City. You may have seen photos online earlier this week of the field conditions in Mexico City. <laughs> they were uh, nothing short of atrocious. And uh, it's a good thing that some of the players kind of spoke up and said, I'm not playing if you send me down to that field. Um, I, I don't think that this is a case where... Oh, good job, NFL. You moved the game. You made the right call. I think this is a case of you're not doing your job by making sure that uh, there's a standard field that teams play on. Yeah, I think I think we both agree on that. I, I have no idea how they're making this such a big deal, but they aren't going to check on it and try to fix it. And uh, what, what you also look at is you know the, the NFL, and this is unrelated to fantasy, but uh, the NFL is not giving anybody refunds on any of those tickets. The Mexico City tickets. Uh-huh. It uh huh. has it has language in that, and I'm sure you'll go look up this after the show. But it has language on the ticket itself that says that um, that you are not allowed any kind of refund if the game is not canceled. And it's not canceled; it's moved. Which, so they can use those tickets in Los Angeles. Yes, but if you like, if you arrange a trip to go to Mexico City or you live in Mexico City, you'd have to go out of your way to go to L.A. to then attend the game. And so they're not giving them any way to get their money back from that transaction. So that's a whole big story as well. Stay classy, Roger Goodell. <laughs> so uh, some fantasy guys to look at. There are a ton of guys that you are absolutely starting on these on both teams because they, this is going to be a track meet. Um, you know, I bet the total in this game is over 60 points. Uh, so I want to know, Sammy Watkins, he is looking healthier. Uh, Dave, would you start Sammy Watkins? Yep. Uh, what about uh, new guy Josh Reynolds? who we can dive a little deeper into later, but um, do you like him this week? Would you start him in place of Cooper Cup? I'm not even picking him up in leagues, honestly. I, uh, I I think he has the possibility of scooping up those targets from Cup, but I think it's more likely they get re- redistributed to uh, the, the regular players as well as uh, one of the guys we're going to talk about in a second to, a lot of uh, to, feed. to Everett, probably. So, yeah, that's the other question here is, uh, do you like either of the tight ends, Tyler Higbee or Gerald Everett, 
for the Rams. Well, I don't want to completely skip over Reynolds because he's a big waiver pickup on a lot of people's radars. And we're going to talk. He's on our list of waiver guys in a minute. I see. Okay. So I like Gerald Everett. Um, I think he's a guy who they've trusted a little bit more. He scored uh, like eight points last week and or two weeks ago, seven points this past week, something like that. I don't know if I have it exactly right. But I was looking at him uh, for tight end pickups. And I think that he's going to be one of those guys that does get those extra targets, even if it's just one more per game, that elevates him because tight ends have been so uh, kind of down in the dumps this year. So Everett becomes a, a tight end to play on a weekly basis. Yeah, his ceiling this year has so far been five targets for three catches, uh, 48 yards. He does have one touchdown in the year. I'm not too hot on the tight ends. I do like both of the receivers in this game, though, the ones that we've mentioned anyways. Um, a good afternoon game is the Broncos at the Chargers. Um, I'm a big fan of the Chargers, what they're doing this year. I guess there is a small chance that Joey Bosa could play this week. He has been cleared to practice. That would make a huge difference in terms of the Chargers' uh, Super Bowl run. I don't know that it would change a whole lot this week because it's not like you're starting Case Keenum anywhere. Um, except for the guy who I traded Case Keenum to. <laughs> Have fun with that, Sean. Yeah. Um, we miss you on the podcast, by the way. Come on back. Uh, so I want to know, who do you like on the fringe of this game? Uh, you've got Phillip Rivers, who we spoke about earlier. Um, is he a sit for you in this game, then? Because he's like the 20th best, uh, 20th most consistent quarterback. Well, just because someone's not consistent doesn't mean that you don't want to start him occasionally, right? But I do have Philip Rivers listed as my number 15 quarterback this week, and I'm not starting him unless I have a terrible situation at quarterback. Fair enough. Um, and then his... Uh, and Denver's second... actually still been decent. Not not the ridiculous defense they've been in the past, but still kind of a difficult opponent. Oh, definitely. Um, Denver 21st uh, on uh, giving up points, so not bad, not great, not bad. <laughs> right, right, about the same as the Vikings, really. Yeah. In terms of points to opposing quarterbacks, so you've got Terrell Williams or Mike Williams. Out of those two, which one would you pick to have a game? So I, I love Mike Williams. I think he's developing into an every week start, but not this year. This is a guy who, um, in the in the years going forward, probably next year will make his his biggest uh, breakout because he's had good games this year, um, and clearly uh, a, a great red zone target, a big hands, etc. But Terrell Williams has one. That or Tyrell Williams, I forget how to pronounce his name, but uh, he has won that job uh, outright um, this year, and it's he's done it with chemistry uh, and performances, and I think uh, he does have his contract ending this year, so he'll be a free agent next year. I think that kind of like Chris Godwin situation is when Mike Williams will become a bigger star in the NFL. All right, according to Pro Football Reference, I, w- I would actually drop him, Mike Williams. Yeah, yeah, in a redraft, definitely. So it is Tyrell, according to Pro okay. Football Reference. So Tyrell's the guy on that team as the number two receiver right now. And then a guy who I have seen in a lot of lineups uh, that I've played against this year, Austin Eckler. Surprising because Melvin Gordon is so good. What do you think about Austin Eckler? Do you think that he um, is a decent flex play in some situations? Uh, g- give me some stats on, on Eckler, but I've, I've seen some of his good games. I don't, I don't own him anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but I but I have him based on his statistics so far this year as the number thirty three running back, which is pretty good. He's right around the area of like a Latavius Murray, a Josh Adams, um, Jalen Richard from Oakland, which means he's a flex play running back. 
Yeah, I don't have a lot of encouraging stats for you, really. <laughs> uh, he started one game this year and had 12 carries. That's the game, I believe, uh, yeah, the one in London where Melvin Gordon didn't play. Um, well, these are fourth. No rushing touchdowns, one receiving, or three receiving touchdowns. These actually. are RB4s, so, I mean. Yes. You know, they're guys that are bench spots, guys that are bye week fill-ins, and not a bad bye week fill-in, but clearly if, if he's your RB2, then you're not going to get to the playoffs. Yep, five. Uh, <laughs> he's averaging 5.8 uh, yards per carry, which is not bad. 12 yards per reception. Um, so he's averaging about 50 yards per game. Uh, I, I don't really know that he's going to be a guy that you're going to put in there when uh, Melvin Gordon is starting. Uh, over to the Broncos, Cortland Sutton is a guy who uh, was talked about a lot uh, surrounding the trade with Demarius Thomas. Uh, is, is Sutton going to break out now, or is this a bad matchup for him? Um, again, around the same uh, ranking that I have for uh, Eckler, if you if you compare the two positions, I have Sutton at 30 this week. Uh, actually in a in somewhat of a good spot in between like uh, Sterling Shepard and Deshaun Jackson. I think that Sutton has a little bit of um, there's a little bit of chaos to him still because he is a guy who is primed to do well, but sometimes it does take these players when they're put into these positions a couple of games, if not half a season or a whole season, to really live up to expectations. And some of them don't live up to expectations, you know? Yeah. Uh, it could very well be that Sutton is put into prime time and isn't able to handle it. I don't think that's going to be the case. I consider him a high-end flex play or low wide receiver three for this week, and I would, I would hope, um, and all signs indicate that he's going to continue to have a lot of targets in the game. Um, yeah. Uh, so t- 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 the two games he started, he had six targets and five targets. Um, I-, I assume they got to have to throw the ball a little bit more in this game because they'll probably be down. And that's why he's ranked higher because uh, there'll be more uh, passes in the game. And Cortland Sutton also has a great birthday, just like Marquez Valdez Stanley. That's right. It's uh, it's probably ten 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 indeed. Yeah. It seems like a good <laughs> NFL birthday. Also, the same birthday as Brett Favre. So, and I, I will totally let you know when one of these random players pops up with your birthday, Dave. It has not happened yet. I don't know that I care, <laughs> but, but thank you very much for that information. All right. Uh, Jeff Hireman <laughs> is the tight end there in um, in Denver. Uh, do you like him? I mean, it's so hard to find some tight ends uh, you know, what do you think about Hireman? He had 11 targets, 10 catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown last week. And had scored a touchdown the week before as well. As we're talking about these individual players, I've been looking them up in my rankings because that's the best way for me to uh, remind myself of where I've put them already based on their existing statistics. And he's number 16 for me, which means that I like him just a little bit less than Jordan Reed, which means he's not startable. Now, now that said... I mean, again, by week fill-in, et cetera, if you need the guy. I'm in a couple leagues where people have two tight ends on their team. If you have a guy like Gronk, you know, who's not playing or he's on a bye, uh, or someone like Jordan Reed who's been consistently underperforming. David Joku is going to be off this week. Who are all the buys this week? He's not even good anymore, let's be honest. What do you have and like? Joku? Do you have one pass for two yards the last time he played? I mean, <laughs> I mean, some of these guys are falling off the yeah, radar. But I, look, it's hard to find tight ends, and... I don't think that Njoku is like the worst tight end start that you know people have. There are quite a few good tight ends though, and like Evan Engram was on a lot of waiver wires. And so he, he's Buffalo, Cleveland, Miami, New England, the Jets, and San Francisco. So you're also losing Kittle this week. That's a good tight end. I think we can agree on. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean look, if you're talking about like uh, how many tight ends are there that are consistently good, um, you've got maybe five or six. So you're right, there's, a, there's a, a lack of consistency. But I'm saying that I have higher men at 16 uh, in between Jordan Reed and Ricky Seals-Jones, which means that he's not really startable. He's just a guy that could maybe catch a touchdown. Okay, um, and the last thing is going to be the the running back situation there. Royce Freeman's going to return. Uh, Philip Lindsay has been good, not great. Um, he was an undrafted free agent after all. Uh, two L's in that, Philip. <laughs> he has been pretty good. I, I I would I would say he's been pretty great for a UDFA. To be honest, I have him on a couple teams. I throw him in there. He scores me like you know fourteen points. It's it's great. Okay, so you're definitely just going to keep rolling with Lindsay then? Well, I happen to like Freeman, but I do think that here's a player that is just not getting the amount of carries that he needs to be a, a consistent good running back, and he's just coming back from injury. All those signs point to only start Lindsay, don't start Freeman. And Freeman has had games where he scores touchdowns, but that's not what we want to do here, right? We're not, we're not going to hope and pray for a touchdown, and if they don't have any other consistent fantasy production, then you're fine with it. Lindsay is the guy to start there right now. Alrighty, and then the final game to uh, check out the Steelers at the Jaguars. They're playing Sunday at noon. It's a playoff rematch from last year. The Jaguars actually beat the Steelers twice last year. Uh, that first game was really embarrassing when Roethlisberger threw five picks. The Jaguars were talking all types of trash, and then they uh, beat him in the playoffs. Uh, this week, I, you know, Dave, go to the uh, Twitter feed of um, who's the uh, Jalen Ramsey and see how much trash he's talking about the Steelers this week. Um, so this is a matchup that is not going to be too hard for the Steelers. Um, so you start Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon, or is it just going to be Fournette uh, in this game? Ramsey's not saying anything. Uh, that's right. Ramsey is <laughs> radio silence about the Steelers. He knows that they are a trash team right now. Yep. They are a dumpster fire, and you know they can go out there and beat teams. Bortles can sometimes be a good quarterback, but I I don't think that they put it together here in a, a you know a railing uh, uh, Steelers team who's who's just doing well. Yeah. Um, about guys to start, I mean, I I honestly think that there's going to be a lot of scores in this game, so I don't know that I would sit anybody. Um, it might be like last week, I think, where the Steelers just kind of blow them out. Maybe, but but even presenting that situation means that they're going to have garbage time, and you know I I I can't not start guys like that. But uh, but yes, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go towards the the Steelers crew. Um, you guys know who to start on that team already. Oh uh, yeah, the Steelers. That's obvious. You're starting Juju and AB and James Conner. Um, so what about the Vance McDonald, Jesse James? It's it's going to be McDonald pretty much every time, right? As long as McDonald is healthy, he is the number one tight end. Jesse James will still get a couple of touches, but generally, unless they are like scheming strangely or have two tight end sets, he will not be relevant in fantasy. Okay. So McDonald is he's worked his way into kind of a low end tight end one almost. Even though some weeks he doesn't really do well, he has weeks where he scores fifteen points. So you gotta have him on the radar. And now I ask you about this guy because you dropped him in a league a few weeks ago, Ben Roethlisberger is um, a, a guy who scored 35-plus points last week. Is he back in your good graces fantasy-wise, Dave? 
Uh, I, I, I like Roethlisberger, <laughs> but I think we're talking about a, a league where, you know, the, just like your situation where I had two quarterbacks and one of them was Andrew Luck. So I'm just kind of rotating the other one to see if I hit on something. Okay. Uh, so if you have an Andrew Luck, you don't need anyone else below him at that point. Um, in, in, I do think that Roethlisberger should do pretty well versus the Jaguars, which is kind of crazy considering that last year you wouldn't start anybody versus Jags. It's true. And then uh, you talk about garbage time. Uh, do you like Keelan Cole, Dante Moncrief, maybe? Or are you staying away from the receivers on the Jaguars? I've got Roethlisberger at 11, by the way. So Russell Wilson at 10, Ben at 11, both very low uh, possible tight end one or quarterback ones. Okay. Uh, Keelan Cole and Dante Moncrief, I don't start either of them. I think that they are both wide receiver fours and fives in this matchup. All right, and we will be right back with some guys to add to your team for the playoff run. good song selection today yes i'm enjoying it remember let us know the theme if you've picked it out by now so anyways we uh have five guys to recommend uh for your team for the playoff run starting with uh well most of these guys we've mentioned at some point today so we can breeze over some of them uh rashad penny who we talked about a bunch um i don't think that you're going to be picking up rashad penny for right now but I think that he could be a guy that uh, by weeks 13, uh, 14, 15, 16 uh, could be uh, a real impact player for the Seahawks. They play the 49ers twice. They're giving up a bunch of points to running backs. And they play the Chiefs in week 16 who are giving up the most points to opposing running backs. So I agree. I don't think you need to sell him too much as a rookie with a high draft clout. Is one of those things where they want to use him. They're going to ease him in. He may end up taking over the backfield. Right now, he's not. And he's not the clear lead back going forward. But he has a high ceiling. So, for the stretch run, worth a roster spot. All right. Uh, and then Josh Reynolds, the guy who you did want to talk more about. He is replacing Cooper Cup. He is only 30% owned in uh, Yahoo Leagues. Um, Cup's not going to play the rest of the year, even though he's not been IR'd. They the word on the street was that it was a torn IR. Maybe it's like Jordy Nelson retiring and we're fake news, but I'm not sure. It's a torn ACL. You said torn IR, which would be really funny a if they... torn IR. They so, just took their IR list and ripped it up. The IR is right next to the PCL. Ouch. That just is painful <laughs> all around. So the matchups are not great for the Rams, uh, but they've shown that they're essentially matchup proof. They've put up 30 points on everyone other than one opponent this year, I believe. Uh, so... Um, Reynolds, kind of a deep league fill-in, uh, back-end WR, maybe a flex guy. I don't expect the same volume as Cup, um, but man, I was hearing him hyped up in a few different places. Of course you are, and again, for me, I'm kind of negative about this, but I do still consider him to be uh, one of the top pickups this week because if you don't get him and put him on your roster and he ends up being Cooper Cup Jr., you're going to be really upset about it. But a lot of times this happens where it's the next man up. And I still think that they're going to spread those around rather than just suddenly give them to the next man up. However, like I said, if you don't pick him up and he does well, it's one of those things like starting Delvin Cook, not starting Delvin Cook. If you don't pick up yeah. Reynolds and he wins a guy a league in a PPR league, you're going to be really pissed at yourself. So I, I, I still think that uh, hopefully you did get him uh, or you can grab him if he's still available because as a speculative ad based purely on circumstance alone – 
it's a good pickup. Here's why I like Reynolds. Um, the the Rams play the same uh, offensive personnel pretty much all game long. They have three wideouts, a running back, and a tight end in. And Josh Reynolds will be on the field a lot. And if he's on the field, then they are going to be scheming him to get scheming to get him the ball. So I, I don't think that Josh Reynolds is going to be an afterthought. Um, I just hope that you know he can get a similar volume to Cup even. Well, I just I'm not going to I'm not going to be surprised if he has you know five receptions for thirty yards and that's unplayable. Yes, true. So uh, over in uh, New Orleans, they just signed Brandon Marshall after the Des Bryant experiment failed miserably immediately. Um, so Brandon Marshall, totally a flyer. Um, if you have roster space just to hold a guy, I don't like him. I think that you know he's an emergency fill-in and a random dart throw to score a touchdown, and that's about it. Yeah, I don't pick up Brandon Marshall. But uh, like you said, if, if if you want a flyer, that's cool. I would rather roster Traquan Smith or, or someone who's already been demonstrated to be a target there uh, rather than someone who is brand new to the offense and is a, a veteran. So on the plus side of this one, the Saints' uh, offense is amazing. The best, one, best offense in the league probably. Um, and they play the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Eagles, mm-hmm. all in the top six, giving up fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Looking the good. The downside of this is that it's Brandon Marshall. <laughs> so, Dave, a guy that you hyped up a lot last week, Josh Adams, 24% owned in opposing leagues. So not enough people are getting your message, I think. Uh, we'll have to work on that. Well, it's it's because, you know, as, as I'm sure you're about to say, uh, he, he still doesn't have the volume necessary to be an every week starter. Right. But he's clearly the best early down back on the team. Yes, and he was effective in the carries he did get. However, the Eagles didn't want to run the ball. It's almost like some teams are afraid to run the ball as soon as they go down. I know it's a passing league, but running the ball and using play action is still one of the most important parts of offensive football. And I want people to remember that when they're on the sideline. <laughs> you and tell them. A big part of that is using guys like Josh Adams. Who cares if he gets 18 carries for 80 yards? You know, he's going to get a touchdown once in a while and be fantasy relevant then, but that's going to help the rest of your offense open up. Yep. Um, so yep. I'm not an offensive expert. I've just watched too much football. <laughs> um, so I do think that he could be one of the very few running backs on the waiver wire right now that could wind up being a starting running back by the time this month ends. You know, him and Rashad Penny are really the only guys that I can see on the waiver wire that we can say that about. And finally, uh, Jeff Hireman, who is only 19% owned in opposing leagues, probably because the Broncos were on bye last week, uh, and he kind of slipped under the radar for a lot of people. Um, he did have the 11 targets. He is probably Keenum's one of Keenum's favorite targets. We've seen that Keenum likes throwing the ball to Sanders, and that stayed the same all year. If Keenum has developed uh, a rapport with Hireman, then I think that the rest of the year, he could be a tight end one. What do you think about Hireman, Dave? Well, again, are you, are you in on him? Would you be picking him up in leagues where you're hurting at tight end? We discussed him earlier, and I, I do, I do have him in a league. And I think that the important part with him is the targets. So if he gets the targets, he'll be viable. Um, I actually uh, think that rather than him, my my top acquisition right now, if he's available, and I don't know how many leagues he's in available in. So let's see. In Yahoo Leagues, the player that I'm referring to, also a tight end, okay. is available. And what was uh, Hireman, uh, his pr- like 
Okay, so here's a guy who's three percent owned that I might that I probably like better than Hireman. Three percent owned that you like better than Hireman. Do you want to guess? I do. <laughs> um, is it Nick Vanette? No. Is it uh, who's the guy in the Jets? No. Uh, then who is it? Jonu Smith from the Tennessee Titans. Oh, you're pulling a fast one on me. Because the guy that I like. Well, I think you have good reason to like him. And I remember we talked about tight ends in in a spot that you were in last week, and you ended up. Uh, picking up someone and starting him over a guy you already had on your team that was probably the better start to begin with. Thankfully, I still get uh, I got the win in that league, but I was really nervous about that start, you know, until Monday night. So here's a guy uh, who doesn't have a lot of targets, certainly nowhere near the 11 targets that Hireman was getting, but those are almost out of necessity because they're not sure where to throw the ball. Here is a guy on the Titans. Again, we talked about uh, the surging offense that I think they have trending up going forward, and a team that has depended straight depended on the tight end position with Delaney Walker over the past couple years. So I think they're finding a guy they can go back to as a as a good red zone target, as a tight end, uh, and they're going to continue to have that uh, connection. So I, I really like him because he scored two touchdowns in the last two games. He's been involved all year, but only recently has he, uh, over the past uh, four games that he's played, gotten one reception, two reception, two reception, three receptions. Um, you know, the yardage is 12, 11, 33, 45. Zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns, one touchdown, one touchdown. That That is a clear trend. And that's what I like to look at in football. So yeah. he is clearly trending up. Uh, the team is trending up. Both things happening at the same time means that you should be playing Jonu Smith if you need tight end help. He's a touchdown getter, that's for sure. A touchdown getter is the... Technical term for this, right? That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody else you want to recommend picking up for your, for your playoff run? <clears throat> All right. Let's see. Um, uh, Jalen Samuels on Pittsburgh. There's no Le'Veon Bell. Samuels is the guy to own there, not Ridley, if you're looking for a backup a handcuff. handcuff. Okay. Uh, he's not going to get enough carries in a game to be viable, but if James Conner ends up, uh, you know, getting... He did a, have a concussion. Maybe he did. I don't think that's actually... Uh, uh, confirmed. Well, he was in concussion protocol. Everyone kept saying that. I'm, I, I saw an, uh, a tweet today that said that he wasn't ever actually in the protocol. They just took him out of the game. So I, I, I heard both things. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I like, um, I liked the idea of of Danny Amendola, who's been pretty good. He had an eleven target game last week. Everyone likes the idea of Danny Amendola. Dave. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you got if you have to if you have to fill in for a wide receiver in week eleven or twelve, here's a guy who don't trust him all year. He could get injured at any time, etc. But with Devontae Parker all banged up, getting a lot of targets, that's what you need, right? Oh. What's I, up? I, I could have gone the rest of my life without hearing Devontae Parker's name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I think Theo Riddick is, uh, is a great pickup in PPR leagues because he's getting a ton of targets because they don't know where to put Golden Tate's targets. So uh, even though Kerryon Johnson is clearly the lead back there, Theo Riddick is uh, getting lots of snaps, lots of targets. Um, I also like Lamar Jackson because I don't think that Flacco is healthy. And unlike... A lot of people who have been saying RG3 is the better person to start. The Ravens are pretty much a lost cause for you know going far in the playoffs this year. Why would they not go to their rookie? Another tight end who can be picked up, Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, his uh, minimum, his low target count is basically four all year. He has one game with three. Who do we have to thank for that? 
for Ricky Seals Jones? Uh, Byron Leftwich. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> uh, so last week had nine ca- nine targets, five catches, uh, only fifty one yards. He's not putting up the huge stats. What you're looking at with the, a lot of these flyer tight ends is: are they looking their way? Are they trying to get this person the ball? It's the surging team, which in this case is the Tennessee Titans, the Arizona Cardinals, teams that are, are the Cardinals this week get to play the Raiders, which is. Always the best matchup. <laughs> Much like playing against Detroit in previous years, your defensive streaming team should always be whoever plays the Raiders now. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> um, and I should mention, I also like uh, Carolina's matchup against Detroit because Detroit has been pretty bad. So that's another good one. Alrighty. Uh, so I think we're about ready to wrap it up then. Are we good on the day? Let's move on to uh, to Wednesday evening and uh, hope that you guys enjoy the. the We're gonna watch a little week. South Park and you guys enjoy this song. He's a talented guy. 